0: I'm involved in the arts, and I speak in in front of, you know, a lot of people a a lot of times, but it's always something when you come in front front of the garden. i tell you, I I haven't uh, mastered that yet, Uh, coming in front of the garden and calming my nerves and everything like that. Um, It's an honor uh, to be able to uh, preach today, Um, and I just ask that you would pray with me that I wouldn't be seen, you know, and that, uh, make sure I got this... Right. That that ears wouldn't uh, cling to what Brian has to say or might have to say, but that we would uh, turn in God's word and and see what he has to say, that we would wrestle together. Uh, So let me start by reading and then I'll I'll pray. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Romans eight. Chapters 16 through 30. I'm mean, um, verses 16 through 30. I'm sorry. Romans 8, 16 through 30. And it reads <clears throat> The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealings of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it. And hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the spirit. Uh, We who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemptions of our bodies. Because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom He called, He also justified, and those whom He justified, He also glorified. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, You thought it not robbery to come and visit us, Lord God. You thought it not robbery to suffer uh, uh, on our account, dear Heavenly Father. Though your son being an innocent man, he thought it not robbery to take our place, Lord God, and by faith justifying us, Lord God. And as we go through this process, Lord God, waiting to see uh, uh, the manifestation of our redemptive bodies made visible, help us, Lord God. Help us to stay focused on you, Lord God. Let us turn away from these ideologies and these these false doctrines and and in the, these uh uh uh, 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 uh if this information, Lord God, in this information age that exalts itself above you, Lord God. Let us not find hope and comfort in ourselves or in our flesh or in anything this creation has to offer. But let us turn to the to the risen Savior, and be reminded that one day. We too, we who who suffer with him, will one day be glorified with him. In Christ's name. Amen. With guns ablaze, aimed at the sun in anger, but the sun raised ranger, we're in grave danger if our son is in a grave. Liar or lunatic, but Lord he isn't, if the nappy Nazarene making noise ain't risen. He's just a Character with a story that's lit and I'm wasting time on your dime if the story ain't legit. Philip held high, crucified for nothing. Just like the time we spent gazing at the sun on Sundays. The wrestling and worn with the flesh loneliness. Night spent losing my mind because shorty sure ain't repent. Community, accountability, silly me from the victims of ISIS back to the son of Zebedee. martyred, and it meant nothing for Christ's sake. If the faithful's faith was a fake and no reward for faithful waits, the fallen. Phonies, frauds, failing for faith if no powers in the savior or to save. Lord, save us. Today I just want to talk to you a little bit about suffering. Uh, because you suffer. Every day you fight to mortify your flesh, deny yourself, crucify your desires, you partake in the sufferings of Christ. You've lost friends, family. Forsaken some goals, sacrificed a reputation for Christ's sake. Brothers and sisters, you are gathered here today because you suffer. The Bible puts it like this. You are in labor. And with every disappointment, with every inch of bad news, with every bad day at work, you feel a contraction. Christians, you are waiting to see your redeemed body made visible, free from the presence of sin, that which you are now positionally. You are waiting to see the earth, nature restored to perfection. And most importantly, you, my brothers and sisters, are waiting to see your savior fulfill the promise of ridding the whole of creation of every stinking ramification of sin. In fact, Earth itself is waiting. The scriptures say that the whole creation with every hurricane and volcano eruption, sinkhole and and hailstorm. Like a woman bitterly sweet, bittersweetly waiting to see the glory of her newborn. It is waiting to see the sons of God revealed. Why? Because one day it too will partake in the restoration with us. My brothers and sisters, we feel the bruising Oh, but one day reality will soon set in where we together with Christ will glory in the crushing of the serpent's head, all restored. Non-Christians, you too are in pain, but you don't know what for. The whole of creation, earth and all its inhabitants alike are suffering. You acknowledge you suffer, but you don't know why, how, or if at all, when it will end. My hope is that by the end of this sermon, as I encourage my fellow brothers and sisters, that you will no longer go along suffering in vain. That you will be there with us, glorying in the crushing of the serpent's head. My hope is that by the end of this sermon, you will place your hope in Christ. For we suffer, but will one day gain. We share in the sufferings of Christ and will one day glory with him. We are being sanctified inch by inch, stench by stench, daily dying to sin and being made alive in Christ. We suffer for righteousness sake. What are you suffering for? We suffer for that which we hope for, that which is not seen. Do you suffer for money? Mere mammon? Security? Reputation? Reputation? My friend, you are suffering for that which you see. Now hope for that which is, not, which is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? We hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. Oh, the day when we see our redeemed selves made manifest in new bodies. Bodies free from the presence of sin. And Paul got this. With every imprisonment, countless beatings often near death, being whipped five different times and beaten three times with rods, being stoned, shipwrecked three times, a night and a day adrift at sea, and danger from rivers, robbers, his own people, danger from Gentiles, danger from the wilderness, sleepless nights, and hunger and thirst, often without food, naked in the cold, and apart from those things, The pressure alone that came with being anxious for all of those churches he cared for. Paul, before conversion, being an instrument of of suffering to Christians for Christ's sake, will become an instrument that endured much suffering. That's why when afforded the opportunity to visit Rome, he preached He prepared uh, the way by writing a letter to the Romans explaining the fundamentals and foundations of the Gospels and what it means to be a Christian. It's not by coincidence that he mentions and expounds upon suffering. What it means to be the body of Christ, to be made the righteousness of God. Yes, we are accounted as righteous by grace through faith, but we are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ by suffering with him. As guilt falls off and stench after stench, we begin to embrace the security of Christ given to us, only found in the process of sanctification. The Roman church was without the teaching of an apostle. Paul thought it imperative when writing a letter to the Roman church about the fundamental principles of the Christian walk to include suffering. The gospel is a gospel of peace, but it too is one of suffering. Paul wrote this letter at a time when the church in Rome was facing unceasing persecution. Jobs, possessions, homes, family, freedom, and lives lost in the name of persecution. A lump of clay with arms and legs and a body, at the end of the day, is still a lump of clay. But it has to be molded and tried in fire at 1260 degrees Celsius to become a porcelain doll. That's 2300 degrees Fahrenheit. That's white heat. After each intricacy, it's put back into the fire. You would never guess its process gazing at the end product. But collectors marvel at this stuff. They give glory and rave about its potter. Let me put it this way. Without the white heat, you, my friend, are just clay sitting in the sun. If you're a Christian, you have to suffer. This is what prosperity preachers miss. It's like taking a rocket launcher and and shooting it at the sky. Uh, How can they miss it? They say suffering is not in the will of God. If you suffer, it's because you don't have enough faith. Or worse, God is not pleased with you. What God are you serving? Because the God I serve, the God of the Bible, calls his followers to be ready to sacrifice things like health, wealth, and prosperity for the sake of the lost. Well, Christ suffered so that we wouldn't have to suffer. He died so that we wouldn't have to die. Yeah, later. (laughs) But now we are called to suffer with Christ and die daily. Pick up your cross. Suffering is in the will of God for righteousness' sake. So, I'm not going to be before you long. So my first point today is that suffering is part of God's plan. Suffering is part of God's plan. In fact, God has authority over it. And, and, and he subjected creation to it. Don 't believe me, look in uh Genesis chapter three when he, when he cursed a man and a woman, the man we have to uh, 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 eat by the sweat of our brow when we work it'll be toilsome. Women instead of your body just giving birth gracefully, you have to go through pain. God has authority over it, and god 's plan for it is that it would expose. Our uselessness without our creator or that it would expose uh, the creation, earth's uh, uselessness without its creator and that we are incapable of being saved without a savior. Uh, Turn to verse 20 for me. Romans 8, verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Let me read that again in case you're like me and you got to take a couple of times for you to get it. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. We'll get to the next verse later. Just, just wait. Some of you got to put it in context. Just wait. We're going to get to that next verse. <laughs> subjected to futility. This was part of God's curse. Nothing works as it should or as it once did. That word futility means uselessness. Subjected means caused or forced to undergo. So let me just substitute it for the creation was caused or forced to undergo uselessness, not willingly, but because of him who caused it. The earth and mankind alike have no worth on their own. Earth was subjected to uselessness, not because of anything it did, but by the actions of us. Man. So, uh, 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 Pastor Prosperity, if I'm suffering because I didn't have enough faith in God, why is it that I'm faithful and still suffering? There's no possible way uh, I could use any innate ability inside of me or or, or anywhere else in creation to restore a broken relationship with the father. Because without him, we are useless. I can give to the poor all I want. Put my whole check in the offering plate. Say as many beautiful affirmation statements to myself in the morning, every morning in the mirror. Read every self-help book. Think happy thoughts until I go crazy. But if I don't acknowledge and embrace my suffering and my uselessness, then how can I embrace the grace of God? The Lord Almighty told Ananias concerning Paul, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, the skeptic might say, why is it that God would cause us to suffer? I didn't ask to suffer. Well, this is where we read the next verse, verse 21. But let's start back at verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain freedom Uh, The freedom of the glory of the children of God. You're looking at it all wrong. The question isn't why would God cause us to suffer? The better question is why didn't God do away with man when we sinned? God caused man to suffer because creation willingly sinned. Therefore, God is sovereign, yet man is the one responsible. God, a holy God, created the world in perfection. All of creation operated as it should. But once we willingly sinned, the world began to uh, uh, degenerate. And God, out of grace, caused us to suffer because suffering is the means by which we are sanctified. Praise God, he doesn't leave my sanctification up to me. Suffering isn't purposeless. Even hurricanes, a groaning of the creation serves a purpose. To move heat from tropical places to a cooler temperature. The the hurricanes of the earth, which has not a soul, serves a purpose. How much more does the sufferings of man who has a redeemed soul? We have to understand a key principle in salvation. Who we are positionally is not what we see presently. Who we are positionally is not who we see presently. Positionally, we are the righteousness of God, justified by faith through Christ, spotless and unblemished. I don't know about you, but the last time I checked, I still had a whole list of things I needed God's grace for. Positionally, I look like Jesus, which is why I'm forgiven. But daily I'm conformed. I'm being conformed to his image because presently or morally, I should say, I look like Brian. Now, let me make it clear. We are not declared righteous because we suffer. We are declared righteous because we were justified by Christ. The, the, the perfect righteousness of Christ imputed to our bankrupt accounts by faith alone. And by this justification, our glorification is, is secured. However, when we suffer with Christ, it proves we belong to him. It's the mark of a true Christian. This is part of our sanctification, this journey of us being made holy. Find not your identity in your suffering. Look to Christ and see yourself there. My second point. Christians, I got this, this italicized on my, on my notes, the word Christians. Christians will be freed from suffering. Let's check out verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the, redemptions of our, the redemption of our bodies. This should encourage us. Paul tells us that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Some translations say in us. To know that our bodies will be raised from the dead and we finally revealed to the world as the children of God. For something to be considered worthy by definition, it has to have qualities and abilities that merit recognition in in a specific way. When considering the glory to come, Paul says the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. They don't possess the, the 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 qualities and abilities to even merit recognition when considering the glory to come. Some things are better left not compared because they pale in comparison so much that they become a contrast. When mankind fell, everyone and everything was affected by it. That statement does, doesn't need much convincing. If if you turn on the news or been on social media, you know that Earth and its inhabitants are in a state of corruption. Seasons are not operating as they should. Earthquakes, tsunamis and other natural disasters claiming lives. But good news is even the earth will be redeemed as well. And it is waiting eagerly, the scriptures say. I find it interesting that the earth, having nothing to do with the fall, was subjected to God's curse with us and by God's grace will one day be redeemed with us. Good news for us is that we will have a new place to enjoy, one that operates as it should. Concerning us, the very fact that the spirit of God dwells in us, that is evidence enough that our body shall be raised from the dead because the same spirit that raised Christ will one day raise us. David says in the Psalms, and I can just hear how, I can hear the suffering in his voice as I read it. It says, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? Those are some strong words, especially for a man of faith. He says, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my, in my heart all the day? It sounds like he's wrestling with trusting in, in God and trusting in himself. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Lift up my eyes, lest I see the sleep of death, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Last but not least. Suffer well and with an eternal mindset. Suffer well and with an eternal mindset. Verse 25 says. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The children of Israel. I I, I, I love looking at the children of Israel, though I haven't seen them. The children of Israel. When they created the calf, they had a here and now mindset. They wanted the reward now. The children of Israel in Exodus, they said this, they said. Wandering around in this wilderness, we're getting impatient. Paul says in Romans, we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. The children of Israel, we need something we can see, Paul. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But we're weak, man. The Spirit also helps us in our infirmities. But I've been groaning in pain and and, and you do not not know what I've been through. I'm getting tired of being patient. I've been praying. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. It's nothing that we could ever say that would justify us giving up in our sufferings. But even more, it's nothing that we can do to give up if we are in Christ. Patience, our reward is not here. The father caused Christ to suffer mentally as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Physically for six hours as he hung on the cross, nails ripping through uh, straight through his flesh, A hole torn in his side and thorns pressed upon his head. By the way, I found it an interesting fact that um, thorns as well, uh, just like the serpent, are seen as enemies of of, of creation or enemies of man. And it's it's something to know that they were pressed down on his mind. The father caused Jesus to suffer spiritually for your sake. And as he was separated from him. If you're not a Christian, realize that there is a greater suffering that awaits you. Those who are not suffering with Christ, as you experience the the corruption of this fallen world, if you don't turn to Christ and find solace there, there is no hope for you. A hope of one day being raised by the same spirit that raised Christ himself from the dead. You, too, can be raised with him in his likeness, given you suffer with him for a little while. There's this saying. Don't be so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good. While I understand the sentiments of that saying, I do believe that you should, in some fashion, at best, be so heavily minded that you at least suffer well. I was, uh, I had the privilege, <laughs> uh, to, 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 to write a, write this sermon while watching my son, uh, this past week. My wife is in Atlanta. Boy, do I know suffering. Uh, his favorite movie is is I I lie to you now. I, every time like the light will come on and inspiration. I'm like, yes, thank, thank you, Jesus, I love you. Mm. I, like clockwork. I'm like Lord, thank you for this work like, at this time. Like because I boy, I, I kudos to my wife when I'm at work. Um, <clears throat> his favorite movie is Home. Anybody seen Home? But you know Rihanna. Stop, Paul. Stop. Just stop. I'm just let that one fly over. Anybody seen the movie Home with Rihanna? It's a, it's a children's movie. Uh, <clears throat> you say, good thing I'm not the only grown folk that has saw it. Um, but uh, these coward, cowardice uh, uh, aliens from outer space are running from this enemy called the Gorg, and they run to Earth. And um <clears throat> he loves watching, I, I tell you. And, and we were watching it, and I, I turned it on to, to calm him down. It's either that or the wheels on the bus go round and round on YouTube. Um, but I turned it on, and he likes when my wife sings to him. Um, so, you know, I laid him on me or whatever. And I'm singing a song that's playing. Mind you, it's, I think this was like Thursday, the second day. Hello? Yep. Thursday, the second w- uh, day my wife was gone. Um, <clears throat> and I'm singing a song that's playing. And it's funny how God works. I'm not like all, you know, superstitious and all deep. But the song that was playing that I was singing to my son that was calming him down was turn your face toward the sun and let the shadows fall behind you. And as I was singing, I'm like, I'm going to put this in my sermon. (laughs) But but David put it like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David, like Paul, understood that sometimes you will find yourself uh, 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 in the valley of the shadow of death. So my question for you today is, what shadows are plaguing you this morning? Is it the shadow of guilt? Is it the shadow of inadequacy? The shadow of sin, my brothers and sisters, I implore you today, turn your face toward the sun and let the shadows fall behind you. As you go on your job facing shadows, school, home, turn your face toward the sun and and like the movie Home, realize that this place in our current state is not our home. But that we are but pilgrims passing through a land we often confuse with home. Some, uh, someone asks C.S. Lewis why do the righteous suffer? C.S. Lewis replied why not? They're the only ones who can take it. While you suffer realize that it is not to be confused with God's condemnation Paul reminds us in this chapter that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus if you are in Jesus your suffering isn't condemnation it's hope Hebrews 2:10 says for it was fitting that he for whom and by all things exist and bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering take heart Christ already suffered for you As I come to a close I leave you with this question What shall separate us from the love of God shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword, shall ISIS, science, agnosticism, intellectualism, hedonism, sexism, racism, sin, shall backbiting, lust, pornography, homosexuality, pride, or drunkenness. For Christ's sake, we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us pray. The heavenly father, thank you for sending your son Jesus, to suffer for us, Lord. I pray that in moments when we are tempted like David to turn to this failing flesh, that we would be reminded that positionally we are already redeemed, Lord God, and that we will be encouraged to turn and mortify this failing flesh even more. Give us the strength, Heavenly Father, to trust you daily. When we fall, pick us back up.